This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform and my longtime friend, Dr. Susan Kleiner. We have not been able to, to be in touch. Um, luckily, we're going to be able to get a few podcasts done here today. And so we'll uh, probably upload those all at once. But before we do that, Susan, can you let people know how they can find you and, and where you are. I'm assuming you're dancing on TikTok somewhere or? <laughs> Actually, not that. I might be dancing on a table, but not on TikTok. <laughs> um, DrSKleiner.com, D-R-S-K-L-E-I-N-E-R.com is my website. You can find my books there, The New Power Eating, The Good Mood Diet, etc. Um, and on uh, Instagram, I'm at Power Eat on Facebook. I'm Facebook slash Dr. Susan Kleiner. So you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't do much on there. Yeah, the, the some would argue there's not much done on Twitter, no matter what. <laughs> um, the uh, I'm Paul Nobles. I'm the founder of Eat Perform, and if you're looking to start with eat reform simply go to www.eatreform.com and we have a coach willing uh, ready and willing to talk to you whenever you're ready okay so before the podcast susan and i talked a little bit about some topics that we would go into and so let's go into the first question that a lot of trainers send you in and can you just repeat what we had talked about before yeah, the podcast? It's, it's so funny because it's a question coming from personal trainers who are supposed to be your exercise coach, right? your fitness coach. And I get questions from them. Um, can people lose fat, lose weight without, with diet alone? That's the, that's the question. So I have a very strong opinion about this and I have never understood the predominance of eating less within the personal trainer community. Um, one, it sets up the client for failure and it sets up the personal trainer for failure, right? Because now, all of a sudden, instead of the client being conditioned to move more, be better, have all these really abundance type of ideas, we're now putting a lot of conditions on it, especially when those conditions are not favorable. Like we, we put up a post the other day and there was a client who started off in, in a performance phase. And, and she was in that performance phase for, for six months, meaning we worked her calories up to about 2,600 calories. Um, and in that process, she was able to put on enough muscle to lose 3% body fat. She was eating and doing more. Um, and then she went to fat loss. And then once she moved to fat loss, she lost an additional 12 pounds in six weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's the part where I feel like personal trainers that are giving nutrition advice via, you know, these weekend courses, they're kind of cutting off their nose to spite their face, right? It's like, 
when you have someone that comes to you and the only tool in your toolbox is eat less and do more, well, that runs its course over time, right? Now, you might be able to get someone in with that idea and then sell them on a better idea. But, but to me, I think if you told them the truth up front that, hey, you know, we don't really know what you've been eating like. We don't know how you're going to respond to exercise. I can't tell you, you know, I had a, I had a client come to me that I hadn't talked to in a while um, who said that she was eating 16 to 1700 calories a day, but that the week of the, um, the holidays got a little carried away. And so rightly, I let her know, I was like, look, you know, we might not be able to get you a lot of weight loss if you were predominantly at 16 to 1700 calories, but let's go ahead and start. So people will ask, well, why would you start someone that tells you that they're eating 1600 to 1700 calories? Mostly because they don't really know if they're eating 1600 to 1700 calories, especially if they're eating intuitively. And what I'm about to explain to you is the perfect example, right? So now this is someone that has the ability to put out a lot of effort, but we know that exercise alone is not particularly great for weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. It's much better if you start from overconsuming and come down. Like most of the people that you see on Facebook or whatever that lose all this amazing weight you know, let's be real here. They, 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 they came from a surplus, you know, right. so it's much easier to lose weight at a surplus. But what we didn't know was how much the, the holidays kind of factored in there. Mm -hmm. And we've sent her through fat loss one in fat loss one. She, she lost, I think like 14 pounds, right? Just, just incredible, you know? Um, once again, an extreme effort person. Um, then we normalized her calories um, around the, um, so she's, a, uh, she's trying to qualify for the CrossFit game. So she, mm -hmm. she made the qualifier. So it means that she's top 10% and she was top 10 of the top 10%, right? Mm -hmm. so, so she, if, if it ended right there, she would have qualified for the CrossFit games. So then after that, we normalized her food, got calories up to about 2,200, and then we ran another cut, um, which set her up for the qualifier, which is starting right now. And in that time, the I believe the, we ended up at 18.9 for loss, right? So if I had just started her off at a deficit, uh, or I'm sorry, it said, no, you were already eating at a deficit. I have these hard and fast rules. You know, we use a baseline, which most people use a baseline. Really, every, every company is using some sort of baseline. Um, it's just how aggressive is that baseline? Our, aggressive, our, our baseline isn't that aggressive because we set it in a way that's actually around 1,600 to 1,700 calories. That way we can judge whether or not you've been in a surplus or in a deficit, right? And so we then see if you're not losing weight, well, then let's 
work to a surplus, but the, the, the hardest part is that middle part, right? So if, if a client is between 1400 and 1900 calories, that is when they are going to struggle more with weight loss. I'm not saying you can't get to a deficit. I'm not saying that you can't milk that rock, you know, as much as you possibly can. And the client loses five to six pounds. I'm just saying people lose more weight when their math is closer to plus 2000, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and realistically over 2,500, um, depending on the individual, their age, menopause, all these different types of things that get factored in. But most people have really limiting thoughts about what they can get away with nutrition wise. And to me, if you're a, if you're a um, coach, personal trainer, it's not to your personal benefit to feed into those limiting thoughts, right? And so you have to have sort of a, a checks and balances way of looking at things. And so that has always struck me as odd. You know, um, I guess what they're saying to you is they don't really want to buy my personal training they want to buy my nutrition stuff right and and what would you tell a client if a client said to you i want to be sedentary because you've mentioned it many times on this podcast i don't work with them yeah and that's you have to have rules that you will stick by right so like for instance one of the rules that we have with eat to perform is that the eat to perform part isn't optional, right? So, so, <laughs> so, so it's like it's like if if the eat to perform part is the secret, you know, if you never do the 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 eat to perform part, you never really did eat to perform, right? Right. And and so so what that means is is that if you never allow calories to get back to normal and really push whatever normal is. This is why I struggle with maintenance. And we've had this discussion mm -hmm. that the scientific concepts of maintenance, it's, it's there, it's fine. But what most people don't know is that while your body adjusts as calories go down, it also adjusts as the calories go up. Right. And, and so if you just put 200 calories you know, from a 1200 calorie deficit. So, so let's say that you were eating 1200 calories and now that you mentally think that your maintenance is at 1400, guess what? You're going to be right. Your body is going to adjust to that 1400, but it doesn't mean that you wouldn't have been able to stay weight stable at 2400. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever have any goals down the line, or if you ever have any weekends away or things of this nature, it's so much more restricting to be at 1400 than it is to 2400. And the last thing I'll say as you push up calories, and, and this was something that, that I brought to Susan that she thought was really interesting because this is something we see with our clients all the time, is as you start to push up to 2400, being more and doing more is no longer an option right? It, it just becomes who you are. And you know that, that you feel better that way. You have more energy better that way, you, you, you know, but what it does probably mean is that weight loss will slow, 
Now that's an effort thing. You know, mm -hmm. you can affect it a little bit with effort, but not a ton, right? Like for instance, in, in the case of Jolene, who is my CrossFit Games athlete, you know, of that 18.9 pounds, I would say six pounds of it was effort. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's probably about right. Right. You know, it, it's it effort can get you a little bit more, but it's not the total answer, really. You know, I mean, I would love to tell you that you can get get weight loss without some level of struggle, um, but but that's probably not true. But at the end of the day, I think when you really look at it, and I think a little bit of what we're talking about, right, is diet adherence. You know. Um, well, for, for me, um, when I listen to this question, coming from a personal trainer who is supposed to be the exercise expert, they are having trouble embracing their own expertise because what we know in the world of product sales and marketing, we, you know, the customer comes to you and says, this is what I want. And if you're selling widgets, right, if you need a bigger, you know, nail <laughs> for whatever you're trying to build, the person's trying to build, you make sure you get them the bigger nail, right? It's not a, well, this would be better. They know what they want. You make that for them. You sell it to them. Success. You know, you go on to any website, people are looking for a kind of couch or a chair or they know... They tell you what you want, what they want, you, you get that to them. But when we're talking about sort of healthcare in general, and in this case, diet and exercise and fat loss and all of that, the customer cannot be driving the, the plan and the program because they don't know. They are fully influenced by marketing hype, you know, Madison Avenue stuff, whatever their neighbor's doing, you know, all kinds of non-evidence-based programming. They don't know what's right for them. They think they do. They think they know what they want to do because they've been influenced, but they're coming to you asking, saying, I don't want to exercise. I just want to buy your nutrition program you're the expert and you need to explain to them that that's over time likely a failed scenario for body weight alone, but certainly a failed scenario for long-term health, wellness, independent living, all of those kinds of things. And, um, and they're going to be, you know, and what are the immediate consequences? A more highly restrictive diet because they're not expending much energy it's harder to stick to, they're not gonna feel as good, they're not gonna be as happy, more than likely this will be another diet that they go on to go off and leave you and go on to the next thing because it won't work. And we know this, we've watched this over and over and over, we have 50 years of data on this, we just don't need to do it one more time. And so as the expert, I think instead of feeling like well, this is what the customer is asking for. This is what I'm going to deliver. You're not selling widgets. You're not selling nails and, and hammers. You are selling expertise. So it's interesting because, you know, a lot of my background is sales and marketing. 
right? And I, I entered the space with the idea that that we are awful at sales and marketing, right? And we don't understand some basics. What I can tell you for fact as a high-level salesperson throughout my life is that a client really wants you to challenge their assumptions. They want you to challenge their logic, right? They've been trying to lose weight their whole life. Just someone else writing them less calories, right? Is likely going to be an oil change, but it's not like they're, they bought a Mercedes, right? Um, in, in fact, you know, um, I, I talked about like this recent trend of high level sales where clients are paying like a thousand dollars a month for nutrition and fitness services. It's essentially like renting a Mercedes, but they think that they're buying a Mercedes, mm -hmm. right? And so to me, that's a, a, a negative for the industry for that reason. I think that we should always be in the business of are we the lifetime solution that, that, that people need? And in that process, food needs to be an ally, right? Mm -hmm. Exercise, you know, or, or physical fitness should always be part of the equation. I mean, you talk about it all the time. The reason why you keep exercise in the mix is one, that effort, right? So don't assume that clients have been coming to you overfed. Most of the people that are willing to pay a high number for nutrition, they're actually under eating. So let's say that you were able to get them five pounds of loss. I just said you could probably get an additional three pounds with effort. Now, all of a sudden, if somebody's been dieting for a very long time and they lose eight pounds instead of five, you're, you're like the diet whisperer at that point. And then if you can normalize food, which is why we, we really focus on diet adherence, why we, we really strictly stick to like six week cycles. Um, it's because clients need to know that there's an end point, mm -hmm. right? And, and if you just send them on here, you know, eat less, you know, that, that's the other thing. Weight goals. Almost all of you are doing weight goals wrong. You know, the, the, the problem with weight goals is people come to you and say, I want to lose 50 pounds. And it's like, whoa, whoa, let's do this. Let's lose five pounds, mm -hmm. right? And then I'll show you how to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have the template once food comes back. Right. And I can show you how to get to 50. Now, I will tell you that it's going to be a longer process. But what I will also tell you is that most people that are aiming for 50 quit around 10 to 15. Right. And I'm going to show you the way to not quit. And, and so this is where. And they know that because they've done it themselves 20 times. Yeah, I do think, I do think that trainers in general often do have a very rigid fitness and nutrition regimen. Mm -hmm. Most of the trainers we talk to, I would consider to be underfed. Um, 
the even though you know the message is out there that food needs to be an ally and things of this nature there is still a strong undercurrent of underfed you know that look is much more important than doing and i think a lot of people that are asking you this question need to analyze if they're in a good place with mm -hmm. food Mm -hmm. And should really look at, you know, what that tells me is, is that they've never worked with you or they've never worked with someone like me, right? Because if they knew what the process was, see, that's the other thing too, right? And we will get on to the next question so we can, we can, you know, do a couple more podcasts. But the, the other part is they don't really know for themselves, right they're just, all they're doing is is taking the course they're plugging in the macros that were given right and they don't really know what works and why right or mm -hmm. what adjustments to make along the way and so that's why i think it's really important for client for um for trainers to work with people like you and i that do move calories to normal i mean susan won't even take you if you want to be in a deficit right she's performance only you know, um, well, and we will go into a deficit if need be for a particular effort for a period of time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. do have weight category athletes, right? Yeah. Or we have, That's the, true. you know, my most famous public event that happened was Sue Bird and Megan Rapino uh, in the midst of Sue's competitive season you know, championship run for the, for the, for the WNBA wanting to get cut for the, um, uh, body issue. Right. So, so, you know, it was like, <laughs> this is not what we do in the middle of a championship season. Oh but, yeah. That's, okay, that's a hard discussion to have. Right? Yep. I said, you've got two weeks and you have to do exactly what I tell you. And that's Sue. I mean, she does exactly what you tell her to do right. because she she's had the the experience to trust me, right? And so, yeah. so she's amazing, and she wouldn't be where she is if she wasn't along the way finding amazing coaches. Well, and that's the, the difference between a good college level athlete and a professional, right? So, I mean, I had the same, <coughs> I had the same thing where I was dealing with two weightlifting. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Bad on the trigger there. Um, I had two weightlifting athletes, same coaching, same coach, everything, right? Same nutrition, but you knew who was going to the Olympics just mm -hmm. based, based on, you know, how diligent they, they did things right. and, and right. they did. Um, and so um, let's get into the second question, because I, I think the second question is also very interesting um, and it's rooted in some things that I think, well, the things that I think are, are really bad for Jim, but go ahead. So um, the second question has been, if we're trying to really help people get develop new habits, new food habits, and it's all about behavior and food choices. Um, if someone has a goal of fat loss, do we need to give them 
a customized program telling them, you know, they get menus and recipes, but you need to, you know, what their portion sizes are. Basically that there is a, a, a concept of caloric intake uh, and energy expenditure, or why can't we just teach them just better food choices and give them recipes and, and maybe, you know, for, for three meals a day and lists of good snacks and leave it at that. And now they're, they're, they're choosing and they're deciding on their own. And my initial answer has been, well, it depends on the client, right? If you're, as, as Paul said, if you've got a client who's already, you know, in a, in a, a tremendous, you know, um, overabundance of food to begin with, and mostly their food choices, you know, you've got someone who's been eating mostly packaged, ultra-processed, and fast foods. If you get them to substitute nutrient-dense foods for these energy-dense foods, on a you know, by the at the end of the day, more than likely their calorie intake will go down. They'll increase their fluid volume. They'll increase their fiber. They'll enhance their appetite control. There will just be so much, you know, uh, you know, all the whole foods will lead to some fat loss in that person who's had an overabundance of food and ultra processed foods that are calorically dense. Um, I'm going to interrupt but, for just a second. Yeah. yeah. But, but you can still with that, overeat <laughs> with, with that process, right? Yeah. You can still overeat. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had pistachios, but you can run right, through a whole exactly. bag of those, and right. that's a lot of calories. Right. The I wrote an article, and I was expecting like just the whole clean eating world to come at me, right? And I was like, it's really not the processed foods. It's really not the fast foods. This is what it is. And look, when you take someone and you make these life changes and they're ultimately eating fewer calories because they have better habits, they're eating better foods and things of this nature, here's the problem. Without the specifics, they won't know what worked and why. And that's the big thing, right? And so, so you know, um, you don't know this, but a friend reached out to me and uh, they were like, you know, I, I really need help. You know, I need to do something. I would like for you, you know, I, I want to do eat to perform. Um, is there a buddy that, you know, I can be hooked up with or something just so I can have someone? And I was like, this is someone very close to me, right? So I was like, I'll be your buddy, you know? So I kind of broke my pact, right? That I was gonna wait until 55. And so here I am at 53. I did qualify it saying that I was probably just gonna do the six week phase. Um, at this point, I'm thinking I'm just gonna go all the way through it. I mean, it's probably been realistically seven years since I've done a cut like this, right, right? Right. Well, guess what my cut looks like? 
it looks like a lot of whole foods. It looks like a lot of water, right? Yeah. I keep posting this stuff on TikTok and, and Facebook, you know, that salad kits and meal kits, these things help a lot, right? And, and when you look at it, you know, it's a lot of vegetables, right? It's some moderate carbohydrates along the way. And, you know, I mean, just the, you know, as most people know, you know, my calories are typically 35 to 4,000. And once I get them to that level, um, I move to more of an intuitive way of eating, right? So I've been intuitive eating for a while. And this is sort of but it's what not intuitive, about. right? I mean, it's not intuitive means that you never really learned it. Yeah, um, that's probably true, right? So I have some idea, but I will say, you know, um, over the course of the years, you know, uh, six ounces of cooked protein, you know, didn't look like six ounces of cooked protein. I mean, when I started measuring again, that was the thing that I think I, I noticed the most was, was that my six ounces of protein that I was putting in my bowl to eat with my salads for lunch and stuff like that was probably like four ounces, you know, and like a lot of, you know, so I'm down seven pounds um, in, in like right at three weeks, right? I'm in my third week right now. Um, obviously most of it comes off in the beginning um, and then it kind of is kind of a grind, um, the rest of the way. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the clients, once again, this is the client, look, stop letting the clients coach you and coach the client. Exactly. Right? It doesn't mean that eating whole foods doesn't come with some level of mostly whole foods, things of this. Thing. You want right. me to tell you something? If you try and eat, and, it, and my deficit's not even that hard yet, but you try to Mike and Ike it or, or McDonald's it, you're going to be hungry a lot, right? And then you're going to set yourself up for failure. It doesn't mean that you can't fit in some things that you like. I mean, I'm struggling with the monotony right now, to be completely honest with you. But I also know I only got three more weeks, right? This is the part. Once again, I'm going to say it again to all the trainers out there, is if you live this really rigid life, I don't think it's a, profit, a profitable business model for you to want everyone else in the world to also live that really rigid life. And if you knew there was another way, wouldn't you teach that? Wouldn't you teach something that made them want the personal training more, right? And so it's so funny because I run a nutrition company. We do a little bit of fitness, but just enough for people that don't have access to fitness, right? For the most part, we, we love working with people that have a good fitness regimen, regimen, work with trainers, things of that nature. But what Susan and I do is so fundamentally different than the rest of the industry that it's not even noticeable. It's not even similar, right? The other people that talk about, you know, normalizing calories or if they call it maintenance you know they're, they're getting 
clients to sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred, you know, that's 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 just nibbling at the problem, right? You know, if you want clients to sleep better, perform better, things of this nature, you actually have to get into a little bit of a surplus every now and again, right? And and oh, by the way, you know, I mean, when that client comes in for the third time in a single day, tell them they're doing it wrong, right? Like it, 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 just because you're eating more food doesn't mean you have to work out two or three times a day, right? And so if, if you want them to have a better relationship with food and you want to bring them in, you see, see, they're coming to you for a X minus Y equals Z. And you can bring the whole alphabet to them. And you know what? They want the whole al alphabet because secretly they know X minus Y equals Z hasn't worked for them. No matter what they called it, whether they called it keto, whether they called it intermittent fasting, they keep failing and they're trying to find some hope that they can find the long-term answer. And so if your long-term answer is eat mostly whole foods, clean eating, things of this nature, all you're doing is reducing calories. If you don't reduce calories, right? Um, if you don't do it specifically, they're not gonna know what actually worked. And then, oh, by the way, this is the real problem with intuitive eating, is they're never gonna normalize calories. They're never gonna get to the point where they're always gonna be working out at 60%, right? Because they're scared shitless of gaining weight. And so, so if you don't push that piece, they're not going to intuitively push them themselves. There's a lot of these automated systems and they're just popping up every, every single day, right? And the problem with these automated systems is, is no one actually pushes the top end. So you have to be an advocate for that piece. And then once you show people that they can get away, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know that this would work for everyone. I knew it worked for me, right? But until I started putting it in practice, now Susan had, you know, 30 years under her belt at that point, you know? Um, and she she understood the concepts of bodybuilding and, and things like that. Most of those things were new to me. But what I knew was that what I tried for 10 years didn't work, right? So, 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 oh, this is the other part. Oh my God, this part drives me crazy, Susan. Stop assuming that your clients are over-consuming all the time, right? And oh, by the way, don't accuse them of lying when your plan's not working for them, right? right. There's so many people that are giving nutrition advice, right? right. You're not people, being perfect enough. Yeah, yeah. And like the 12 goldfish is the problem, right? The, the problem is, you know, and, and I'm still formulating an article on diet adherence, but the problem is that your plan's not actually that good, right? It's too simplistic. It's too, it's work your butt off, right? And then eat as little as possible. Well, guess what? Those are different ideas. And so, so when, when I wrote, someone fails at those different ideas, it shouldn't surprise you. When I wrote Power Eating, the first edition, so this is back in 
1997. We had some, you know, early but pretty good data on real energy needs to accomplish performance goals and body changes, both going up and cutting. And I really, at that time, got very little pushback from my recommendations about energy intake, food, amount of food you need to eat, all of that. It was, it was just taken for kind of for granted. This is what I need to do. And I got, you know, amazing anecdotal reports from readers of, you know, oh my God, I was scared to add a thousand calories a day, but wow, my body just took off like crazy. And I feel better and I look better and I won bodybuilding championships and I've done all this stuff. Um, people who said I was infertile <laughs> and I've had a baby, you know, I mean, really dramatic stuff. So now I'm in the fifth edition, the new power eating. And it's now that I get the real pushback because 1997 trainers were not in the nutrition business, right? Today, everybody's in the nutrition business. And now I get emails or texts or, you know, um, communication on my website or whatever. How can you justify the calorie levels that you have for people. If I tried to eat this, I'd be at, you know, I'd be the size of a house, you know, and all this crazy, like you are out of your mind. I haven't changed those calorie levels. We've adjusted slightly. We have a little better data, maybe on gender needs, a little, a little new, more nuance on if you're much more muscular and you're exercising more frequently versus the more what I call novice exerciser or only three days a week versus five or more days a week uh, and more muscular. Um, so there's been some adjustment, but not a lot. But the tirade from people on how I have these bizarre calorie levels, when these are the calories, now I've got data from my practice and the teams I've worked with and the people I've worked with. And everyone is not an elite athlete. I work with all kinds of people. You know, I'm 40 years old. I was a collegiate athlete. I've been sedentary for 10 years, making money and building a family. I, you know, I'm 45, 50 pounds overweight. I'd like to get active again. What I, those are my clients too. But that, but that's why you're getting the pushback, right? The pushback, so for instance, when you first started off, it was a revolution for performance nutrition, right? Right. But right. What, what wasn't happening at that point was Instagram, right? right. Where, where now in 30 seconds, someone can put a whole work up, workout up and that person's lifting weights and that person is jacked. And so, so now there's right. a much bigger bigger interest from the general populace and the general populace i mean i you know whatever susan's data is i have that like right. times times a thousand right 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 
and and we just see it over and over again and there's almost no outlier right but what's interesting um, is it's the it's that it's the more general population person for me that's much easier to get to their goals oh yeah because because they're they've got so much margin of error all over the place that you can work right. with you've got so much to work with they're overeating you know they're they they their food choices they don't know what to do when i'm working with an elite athlete we've got this much room <laughs> to yeah. talk right and and that 2% makes a makes a monstrous difference for them but you're absolutely right is that just this concept of of more food and and the thing about it is is it, it, and we know that total daily energy expenditure it's a little tricky, right? Eaton Form uses a method called predictive total daily energy expenditure, which means that we are able to adjust it as the client is performing, mm -hmm. right? And so, so we didn't realistically know, right, what people could get to on the top end, right? And and at certain points we were really pushing that type in i i push that top in personally just because i like to eat more flexibly than some people do but i can tell you that you know you can look at rachel um in the forums as an example if you're an eating form client listening to this you know she's eating 2800 to 2900 she's probably burning you know 4000 to 4500 most of the time which is why mm -hmm. she gets to look like rachel right you know um and the the reason why you wouldn't just push everyone to infinity is because not everyone wants to be pushed to infinity right. and and here's the here's the interesting part about that if you push someone to infinity are you actually helping them build up calories so that you can then take them down let's say 500 calories every two weeks here's what we find being in a surplus will be favorable for building muscle it will be favorable for more performance there's all these positives but what i can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt is that when you're at these really high levels so let's just go absurd let's say 4500 for a female what we see is that the body adjusts real fast when you start taking away those calories. And so they don't lose a ton of weight. And at the end for them to get to their goals, yeah, it's may maybe the runway's a little bit longer. Maybe they, they end up losing, you know, 12 to 14 pounds as opposed to 10. Most people would rather be around 2,800 uh, or or 2500 and stay kind of tight rather than really pushing that top right. in right right and 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 that's something that we had to learn we we had to figure that out right um because you know we had so many people that were pushing it mm -hmm. but when they wanted to do a, a fat loss cycle this is the other thing too that we know that that honestly most people don't know if you just pull down calories, so I have a, I have a, she's been a long-term client. She's the coach for Eat and Form. And she asked me to do something we rarely do, right? 
um, she asked me to pull down her macros. And I was like, what she meant was, I don't want to move to fat loss, but I want more comfortable macros. I, I, I tore my ACL. My exercises right. aren't similar, things of this nature. Meanwhile, right, when you're right. injured, your metabolic rate is going to go up because your body's trying to heal yeah. this nature. So I probably haven't done or, or really been involved with a decision like that in five years. We just don't do it. And the reason why we don't do it is the reason that happened for her is that the body just adjusted. She lost like two to three pounds right out the gate. She's now gained that two to three pounds back. Right. Right. And it did nothing. And so, so what we find is, yeah, that top end's a little bit more comfortable. I, I think it's so interesting that when we talk about weight gain when food comes back, is that people forget the, the other way, right? So remember the other way that was really kind of shitty and you're eating 1,200 calories and then all of a sudden you tried to start eating normal and all the weight came back? plus some right so when people give me shit about their weight fluctuating three to five pounds it kind of bugs me right because shouldn't it i mean realistically if you've lost 20 pounds 30 pounds shouldn't it fluctuate three to five pounds i mean are we saying that there is never a moment for the rest of your life that there shouldn't be some weight management no but what we are saying is that when you do it every year, every two to three years or whatever, it's highly effective, way more than the old way where you're trying to, to get blood from a rock, right? Right. And so I, well, I, I, I always, I, I really like just the snippet that you said, oh, it's some number of podcasts ago. Like we wouldn't you want to eat the most that you can eat instead of the least that you can eat? <laughs> or, at, or at the very least have a number that's flexible enough yeah. so, that, so that you can go to a family event right. And, right. and not feel like a pariah, right? right? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I but think... that, con that concept is that you can be just where you are eating much more. And as a regular person, that's, the, a, that's right. the thing that just... You know, I mean, let's bring it's it back. It's those to people the where when I was younger, and, and I'm sure it still goes on, where there would always be that person in the room where you'd say, why can they just eat whatever they want to eat and I can't? Yeah, <laughs> and the reason is, is because you've been holding yourself down to a level, mm -hmm. right? Let's bring it back to personal trainers, but, but you're holding yourself down to a level that you don't even know that you have because you right. haven't pushed it because you're right. scared, right? right? And personal trainers, for those of you out there that are living in this rigid way, right? That are working out all the time, right? And then you have a cheat meal or something of this nature. And then you post that on Instagram as if pizza is the way right. you live, right? The reality is, is that you could eat a lot more flexibly than you think. I understand it's the way you make your living. So therefore you feel like you need to look the part and therefore you end up with this really rigid way of doing things. 
what we're saying to you is if you go through the process, it'll show you that the process works and you'll have a better process for clients. But the thing that just gets me is that people think that somehow the average person is somehow way different than the elite athlete. The numbers don't show that, right? The the book in the book Burn, Susan and I did a review of that book. It talked about this, right? At excessive levels, yes, mm-hmm. you're potentially building muscle and things of this nature. But the difference in total daily energy expenditure from these massive output people compared to even sedentary people is a lot closer than you think, right? And when you can move to this abundance mindset as opposed to less than all the time, it's not just favorable physically. It's also favorably mentally, right? And now all of a sudden, you know, all these other people that are doing, look, it's going to hurt either way. It's going to be extreme either way, right? Why not do it the way that's the most correct, right? And 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 I think that that when we're, the reason why we want to give intuitive eating, right? I, I looked at it a million different ways, tried to do with the food list that you described, things of this nature. You know, Weight Watchers has a way to do it right now. And it doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because you get that initial weight loss. The person suffers through all of it, but they find out that they've just been eating 1,200 calories and they've kind of been tricked, right? Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go to a trainer across the street from you, right? And that trainer is going to tell them the truth. And that trainer is going to have them for life. And you only had them for three months. And that's the difference, right? And if this all sounds like fairy tale land or, or whatever, I'm just telling you, in sales, it, you don't want to lead people too much, but you want to lead them enough to challenge their assumptions. And when you challenge their assumptions, you're penetrating the boundaries that they've set for themselves and pointing out to them that there's a whole new level for them that you can help them show. And I do think that it's really important, whether it be through Susan, whether it be through Eat to Perform, that you do a program like ours to know what it's like, to feel the difference, right? And don't come to us, don't come to us in fat loss. Start out in performance, right? The Because you need to show clients that you can do what you're going to tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to tell them to do is going to fundamentally change their life from an abundance, physical and mental health standpoint, rather than this always less than mentality. Susan, I'm gonna give you the last word and we're gonna end on that note. Well, like I said, I, I think that your program um, that Eat to Perform, first of all, it's got it's the perfect title, the perfect name. Um, don't we all want to perform? And don't we know that when we're restricting severely, that, you know, maybe as a trainer, you're out there doing your job and being active because your body is your vessel and your vehicle for sales. But for your clients, they're sitting on a couch and they come and they do their hour of exercise and they go back and they sit down. And so 
you know, the as as you were saying, Paul, that as we raise calories, we've got data to show it's not just anecdotal that people become more active. They just move around more. They're sitting less, and the and the less they sit, and the more they move, the healthier they are. And as a a woman, you know, in in the in the I call the last half of my life. <laughs> um, I want to be anabolic. I want to save my bones. I have to have muscle. I have to be able to do strength training. I have to do a lot of things so that my bones don't melt away. And if I'm on a 1200 or 1400 calorie diet, I am losing, if, if I'm losing fat, I am losing bone. That is not getting me to the, to the, to the, to the end of the race independent and physically well or mentally well and so um that mindset of abundance becomes more and more important as as your clients are aging so i said i would give you the last word that is the last word for this podcast but i am going to give one more tip if you're a trainer you think and you feel this burden that your best always has to be the same all the time. Guess what? You're not the person that that person looks at when they come into your gym. The person that they look at is Betsy. Betsy's over there. Betsy maybe has a few more pounds than she would like, right? But they see Betsy putting in work. Stop telling your story and tell Betsy's story. Betsy's story will resonate with people. That is what we do. That is what has allowed us to, to be, to grow in 10 years in a way that nobody ever knew who we were to what we are now, which is, you know, a contender in this space. I would argue that we are, you know, in, in the space that we're in, we're the winner. Because there's no one else dying to do what we're doing. And we do hope for competitors. I want more people to be using approaches similar to ours. But if you really want to get your message out there, don't use yourself as a vessel. Use your clients as a vessel and tell their stories. Because that, and I know, I know, you know, you say, well, yeah, I do. But man, I'm just telling you, I see so many fitness brands and trust me, if you're in Poughkeepsie, New York, and you just have one gym, you might not think of yourself as a brand. You are. You could own the whole Poughkeepsie, New York by just telling your clients stories and then making that your goal every day. You know, one of the things that I did recently was um, I stopped looking at sales entirely, right? Um, because sales does not looking at sales does not get sales. What gets sales is content, being out there, being empathetic at, for your brand, being empathetic to the person that is, is, right. is sending you their information and wants to talk to you. So what, what, what I found immediately was the minute that I quit focusing on sales, all of those things came to light. And so I've been just this content machine and, and, and putting out all this information and talking to be, people. Look, the reality is 
is that there is a money element to, to, to business, right? You have to keep employees on staff. You've got to build apps, you know, all these different things. But those things happen when you're your truest self, right? When you're able to get your clients information and then occasionally use your information, but sprinkle in your information as more of not showing off your abs, more, you know, this is why I'm an authority on this topic, right? And if you look at the way that, that I do it, we do it, you know, we're not trying to be super sciencey with, you know, 10 different, you know, notification or, 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 um, what, what are they called? References or what, what, what's it called? Yeah. Citations. Right. So our articles don't have any citations. Right. Cause we're not trying to talk to people about super scientific ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not trying to conflict with the, the keto guy, right. you know, that that's on TikTok. That doesn't matter to me because frankly, you know, that shit's all ego. You know, anybody doing that stuff, that's mostly ego. It's more, more, I'm better than you are. Like that does not get sales. What gets sales is communicating with clients at their level. All I do is try and take the concepts that Susan and I talk about and bring that to people in a way that it will allow them to consume it, right? And people consume memes, people consume TikToks, people consume things in a way that if you can stand out, you only stand out by being different and you only stand out by caring, right? And if you can care for that person in comments, it might not end up in a sale for them, but it could end up with a sale for their sister or something of that nature. But don't, but there is no part of Paul Nobles that sells because, because I mean, it's even laughable. There's no part of what we do sells because I'm a salesperson. I sell because I know how to get my message out there in a way that communicates my message in a way that 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 the the person sees that we care right and if they if if you just care really hard right that will get you farther than you ever thought it could but if you focus on sales and putting out content and things and oh by the way putting your link in content that's sort of the expectation okay like let's stop not putting links in content where, uh, you know, clients know how to contact us. We're a business. They know we're a business. Right, if you're right. such and such Jim and Poughkeepsie, they know you're a business. Put your link in there. Let them know how to reach you. Give them your phone number, mm-hmm. right? There's this idea that you could just put out like a, you know, contact us and, and, and this and that. Give me your phone number. You know, like I would say half the people at Ethan Forum have Paul Noble's phone number. I run a pretty big business. You know, but, but that's the commitment to empathy. That's the commitment to, you know, um, what the true sales process looks like, right? All right, we'll end on that note. I appreciate, hopefully, I mean, this was an amazing one from my perspective, but hopefully everyone else feels it that way also. So I appreciate everybody being here and Susan, say bye to everybody. Bye to everybody. Talk to you later. Bye now. Bye.